Congratulations to the Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. KLAC Los Angeles, KYSRHD2 Los Angeles, and iHeartRadio Station. The proud home of your Los Angeles Dodgers. Welcome to off-season Dodger Talk. High ball left field is on its way, and a grand slam home run. Hosted by your favorite Dodger insider for this offseason, David Vassay. To be a part of the show, call 866-987-2570. You're a true professional, brother. And subscribe and podcast us wherever you listen to shows. Now, here's David Vassay. All right. Back from down the hallway with my friend, Tim Conway Jr. That's right. I got fancy friends. The man, Ding Dong. Down the hallway, we have Dodger Talk for you tonight until 8 o'clock right here on AM570 LA Sports. We will have Caleb Ferguson join us at the bottom of the hour. That's right. You may have forgotten about Caleb Ferguson. He had his second Tommy John surgery of his life after leaving a game and actually see it. Thanks to our social media guru, Matt Demicky. Uh, you can find those interviews on our Instagram page at AM570LA Sports at both spots, Instagram and Twitter. And of course, you can always find them on my personal Twitter page at the real underscore DV. So great to be out there. And uh, I think I've shared this story before, but I'll say it again. It was great meeting Aaron Donald out there, not only because of the competitor that he is, but since a lot of Rams uh, live out in my neck of the woods in the West Valley and Conejo Valley, um, Aaron Donald also does, and he has a stellar reputation around uh, the area that I live in since he is a resident practicing out there at Kowloon on a daily basis, and uh, there is a shop in the Topanga Westfield Mall. I remember going in there three years ago and just talking to the store clerk And he told me a great story that at the beginning of every football season, Aaron Donald would go into that shop and buy every single one of his own jerseys with his own money. And the reason why he was doing that was to autograph them and uh, auction them off in his charity for whatever it uh, benefits. So uh, awesome, awesome guy. Awesome to hear that kind of stuff. And yeah. Uh, If you do a double take while you're out there in the Conejo Valley or in Woodland Hills, yeah, that is a Ram. There are Rams running wild out there, or I shouldn't say wild because they're all great citizens. You'll see Rams out there on the street. So congratulations to the Rams. But I will say this. I've covered Laker parades, Kings parades, and this parade was more of a rally. It was a rally. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, but I'm not sure why our local TV outlets want to force on us that this was some mega parade that there were over a million fans out there, a la the Lakers in 2009. That's not the case. I was down there. There was nobody on the streets of Figueroa at 930 this morning with the parade starting at 11 a.m. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to take cheap shots at the Rams. My job was to document and report what was going on down there. And at 9.30 in the morning, there was nobody on Figueroa in front of Galen Center, a main artery of the short parade route of two blocks that was going from the Shrine Auditorium to 
the Coliseum. So <laughs> if former LA Times sports editors want to say it's a Bush League tweet, uh, no, it's not. It's 100% accurate. It was a late arriving crowd, and they were very fortunate, strategically so, to have it around the USC campus because a lot of students filled out that 10 to 15,000 crowd of people. And yeah, they, they all were there 50 yards away from the stage, by the way, um, but they all were able to move with the parade, which was cool. I don't think there's anything wrong with not having people shoving you into the front of the wrought iron gates that are separating you uh, from the parade route. They Fans were able to move around. It was comfortable because there wasn't a lot of people there. It was a very loud crowd because, obviously, if you're at a parade, you must really love the team that you're rooting for. So, yeah, it was a very enjoyable, celebratory mood, but certainly not at the levels of what would be a Dodger parade or a Laker parade. Uh, it's a Dodger town. It's a Laker town. And the Rams and Chargers are trying to find their foothold. And, yeah, I would say they are in fourth place behind the L.A. Kings as well. 866-987-2570. And, look, it's nothing to be ashamed about. This goes back further than the Rams moving to St. Louis. This all starts with the Rams being owned by Georgia Frontieri and moving to Anaheim and really not having a great franchise the last seven or eight years that they were playing in Anaheim. That's just the facts. And this Rams ownership group, they got a beautiful stadium out there. It's SoFi. Kroenke has the uh, financial wherewithal similar to Mark Walter and the Guggenheim group. Kevin Demoff seems to be a very level-headed, respectable team president. So they're in good hands and very they will represent the city really well. So congratulations to the L.A. Rams. I'm not taking shots at the lack of um, people at your parade. I thought it was a great day for the Rams and a great first step forward. 866-987-2570. Also along the lines of the parade, I mentioned the Dodgers and Lakers certainly would have had over a million people at their parade, but for LeBron James and my guy, Mookie Betts, to tweet out that they wanted to jump on the Rams parade route and have a combined Lakers-Dodgers-Rams parade, I thought that was a little embarrassing. Your championship was won, unfortunately, during a very rough time, a pandemic. Uh, the Lakers were playing in a bubble with no fans. The Dodgers were playing an entire 60-game regular season with no fans. They went to Texas for three and a half weeks. They had limited number of fans there. So it stinks for them. It stinks they don't have the celebration that the Rams had today. It stinks they will never have that from 2020. But if I'm Mookie Betts and LeBron James, instead of trying to beg on to this parade, how about try to win another one and have an actual parade? I got news for both those guys. Even if you had a parade in 2020, nobody would care about it in 2022. What have you done for me lately? And Mookie Betts needs to have a bounce back year in 2022. His 2021 was subpar. He needs to get back on that even number uh, performances that he has had throughout the history of his career and bring another championship to Los Angeles. And this one, let's have a parade for it. 
That's what you do. You don't try to get on a parade for a Super Bowl championship team that's trying to have their day and try to hijack their day and uh, and bandwagon on it. I'm sorry. It stinks for all of us. The Dodgers did not have a parade in 2020. The Lakers did not have a parade for LeBron James because you know that's what he wanted. He wanted to be the king of Figueroa. I'm sorry that didn't happen. We all had a lot of sacrifices and things not go our way in 2020. Um, so if you want to parade LeBron and Mookie, win another championship. I think that's something we can all agree upon. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, you will hear from Braves Hall of Famer Chipper Jones and his very, very ominous tone about the possibility of Freddie Freeman leaving the Braves for greener pastures on the West Coast. Dodger Talk with you until 8 o'clock right here on AM570 LA Sports. This is off-season Dodger Talk. Call 866-987-2578. And now your host for off-season Dodger Talk, David Bassett. Happy Rams Parade Day. I'm all in with the Rams. Happy for their success. Happy for the fans here in Los Angeles that cheer on the Rams. Great to be out there today. Great to see so many people happy about their football team winning the Super Bowl. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. But it is a good first step forward to try to win back the fans of Los Angeles and win over a new generation of Rams fans that have not been tainted over the last 25 years for rooting for other teams while there was no professional football team here in the city of Los Angeles. But there is the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Los Angeles Lakers. This is their town, no doubt about it. And in case you've missed any of the Dodger Talk shows uh, during the offseason, you can find them on the iHeart radio app and our next show is going to be on friday night at seven o'clock and we'll have another great dodger guest on and tonight we have caleb ferguson coming on at the bottom of the hour and you may say caleb ferguson why do we care about him well caleb ferguson is going to be part of a very deep dodger bullpen coming up in 2022 they have two pitchers that are going to be part of their bullpen that they are crossing their fingers for health coming off Tommy John surgery. Ferguson is one of them. The other is Tommy Canely, who Andrew Friedman signed at the beginning of last year, knowing full well he was not going to be able to pitch last season, but with the eyes towards 2022. So a very deep Dodger bullpen is in the making right now, and that doesn't even include Kenley Jansen, who is a free agent and is Kenley Jansen going to come back? He would like to come back. The Dodgers would like to have him back, but my understanding is it's going to be top bidder, and that's fair. When you're a free agent and you're starting to get up there in years as a relief pitcher, by the way, Kenley doesn't have that many miles on his arm as other relievers do because he hasn't pitched his entire career. So that's another reason to feel confident arm injuries are not going to affect Kenley Jansen in the later stages of his career because he hasn't pitched his entire life like a lot of these guys. So 
Um, it'll be interesting to see once the lockout is over where Kenley Jansen ends up. And if it isn't in a Dodger uniform, just like Seager signing with the Rangers and having Trey Turner as a fallback plan for a year, the Dodgers have Blake Trinan. But that one-two combination at the end of the games last year and having the ability to use Trinan uh, in many different innings that were needed when you have a guy like Kenley Jansen is going to be hard to replace. 866-987-2570. We will hear from Chipper Jones in just a moment. But first, let's go out to the phones. Matt, Matt in Lakewood, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Matt. Hey, David. How are you? Hope everything is going well for you. Um, I was just kind of listening to the radio, and I heard what you said earlier. It's uh, for the Dodgers. It's what you do for me now, today. I kind of uh, pretty much disagree. If Dodgers had a parade, I would definitely want to go. I'd want the family to go. Any time to party in the Dodgers' name or Lakers, you know, very ha- uh, happy that LeBron came to L.A. and very appreciative that we do have two championships. Now we have three championships, but it's not so much, oh, whatever, you guys are not need to step it up. I'm pretty excited and still happy and still enjoy those moments and uh, want to celebrate, if I could, the, the, the Dodgers' victories. You would, you would want to have a 2020 Dodgers parade in February of 2022 during a lockout. If it's the party with the Dodgers, absolutely. But what Dodgers? I mean, would you are we is it realistic to believe we're bringing back Seager and Jock Peterson? I mean, Seager was the World Series MVP. He's with the Rangers now. I don't think he's coming back for a parade. Definitely, but if the, if they needed a or if it's the time to celebrate Dodgers, all for it. Right now, what do I got to watch? I got to watch Lakers uh, being 26 and 32. Exactly. Do you want to celebrate a team that's 26 and 32? I'm sorry, Matt. This is Los Angeles, and yeah, 2020 was great, but we're now two and a half years removed from that. So win another ring, and we'll have a parade, and we'll do it right this time. Thanks for the phone call. 866-987-2570. Yeah, with that attitude, uh, I don't think Los Angeles would have the standard of excellence that we do. Uh, the Lakers are more successful than any other franchise in the NBA, and we all still want more. I, I don't feel like that's an unrealistic expectation when the payrolls are as high as they are and the players, the talent, are as good as they usually are. So, I mean, the Dodgers for all intents and purposes, should have had a, a parade in 2017. And not because the Astros cheated, but because they blew Game 2 of the World Series and went to Houston tied 1-1 instead of up 2-0, and then they decided to go with you Darvish as the Game 7 starter. So, yeah, there should have been a parade, and it should have been in 2017. Now, I'm very confident the Dodgers will have a very good chance to do this in 2022. But they do have to get their roster in order. Uh, the uncertainty surrounding Trevor Bauer is a question right now. And the injury to Max Muncy and his recovery is a big uncertainty right now. And Corey Seager going to Texas leaves a big hole as far as left-handed power with the injury to Muncy. And that's why it makes sense why the Dodgers were starting to have conversations with Freddie Freeman before the lockout and with the DH coming into the National League, you know, this makes all the more sense. 
And many people at the time were very skeptical when I reported the Dodgers and Freeman had conversations, but all of a sudden since then, it's becoming more of a reality that Freeman may not be returning to Atlanta and Chipper Jones, who was very close to Freddie Freeman, Braves Hall of Famer, was on 92.9, the game, in Atlanta and was asked about Freeman. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would say that I, I think, I, I don't know, I haven't talked to Freddie in quite some time, but I'm sure he's probably a little frustrated this wasn't done in spring training last year, but the fact of the matter is, is we didn't have any fans in the stands and we got owners that, that didn't know where revenue was going to be at the end of the year and, and maybe held out a little bit. Um, you know, the bottom line is, Freddie, I believe, before it's all said and done, will be playing where he wants to play. All right? Um, I know he's a West Coast guy. I know he has a home here in Atlanta. But, Freddie, if he wants to play for the Atlanta Braves – We'll be playing for the Atlanta Braves. Okay, so well, I'll just I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, he's a magnificent player. He's a great leader for this team. Um, the Braves have made some offers. Didn't didn't make him happy. So I mean, he's he's being courted by some of the the prettiest girls on the block right now. So I mean, he he he's going to listen to them. Um, hopefully, I I, I hope that he thinks about his legacy here in Atlanta and he, you know, they can come to some sort of an agreement to bring him back. Cause I love nothing more than for his number to go right in there in between Dale Murphy and Bobby Cox, you know, in between the, the three and the six, you know, a couple down from the number 10 and, uh, and cause we've, we've talked about it often. And I think it would be a shame if, if uh, if that didn't happen. That doesn't sound like a very confident Chipper Jones on Atlanta Sports Talk Radio, 92.9 The Game. That does not sound like Freddie Freeman is coming back to Atlanta. And those comments are coming off the heels of Braves manager Brian Snicker telling The Athletic that, hey, I want him back, but we understand it's a business and for Chipper Jones to reveal that the Braves have made some offers to Freeman and he was not too happy with it and that he's been courted by some of the prettiest girls on the block, well, that would be the Dodgers. That would be the Dodgers. And my understanding is Freddie Freeman, if he's not playing in Atlanta, he wants to play either for the Dodgers or possibly would consider the Red Sox. But the Dodgers make a lot of sense. Now, all of this was happening before Trevor Bauer was not criminally charged, which took place last week where the L.A. District Attorney's Office decided not to press criminal charges against Bauer. So what does that mean as far as the length of suspension and if he gets suspended at all? And if he doesn't get suspended and the Dodgers don't want him to pitch for their team again, they're still on the hook for $40 million, and their payroll right now is at $227 million. You still got to bring back Kershaw. Uh, you still got to take care of Julio Urias in arbitration. The Dodger payroll, if they were to sign Freddie Freeman, 
would get close to $300 million. If you want for this year, this year only, if the Dodgers have to pay Trevor Bauer his full salary and they want to go forward with Freddie Freeman, their payroll would be close to $300 million. Now, that would change next year, but for this year, it would be close to $300 million. I say, go for it. You know, if you feel like signing Trevor Bauer was a mistake and you're on the hook for $40 million and Freddie Freeman's ready to sign with you, you don't let let that pass you by. You make Freddie Freeman a Dodger if he wants to be a Dodger. 866-987-2570. Now, Chipper Jones isn't saying he's signing with the Dodgers, but he made it sound like the Braves are in real danger of losing Freddie Freeman. Let's go out to Kevin in L.A. You're on Dodger Talk. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Dave. How are you? Oh, I know that voice. That's Kevin Reese, one of the great photographers here in Los Angeles. (laughs) You got that right, Dave. You'll always (laughs) be number two behind John Suhu. You know that, right? I mean, we have that understanding. I don't know who you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, Kevin. So were you at the parade? Were you taking photos at the parade today? Uh, no, Dave. I was not able to cover the parade uh, uh, this afternoon, unfortunately. I do have another uh, job. But I have covered uh, quite a few parades here in L.A. And from what I heard, I heard you today. I did listen to you today. You had you had to walk up and down Figueroa, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't that big and, of a walk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I, yeah, because it wasn't like the Laker one. Uh, and the Kings one, I remember the Laker one, I think that was in 09 and, and 10. 09 is when they went to the Coliseum, but 10 they didn't go to the Coliseum, if I remember correctly. 09 and, was madness. It was incredible. Yeah. Over a yeah, million people. Was, yeah, and I was at the Coliseum that day, and it was hot as you know what. And, yeah, uh, I was yeah, there. Yeah, and it was a and it was a full house. You, you'd have thought that was SC UCLA playing, playing football there that day. And um, but no, I missed it today. Unfortunately, no, I, I did not. But what, was, from what I heard on the from what I heard on the radio, uh, the Rams had a heck of a time. <laughs> what was it uh, like at the Super Bowl? It seems like LA was more enthralled with the Super Bowl. So what was it like? Where were you taking your photos uh, at the Super Bowl? Well, I was covering from upstairs. Uh, typically, uh, you know, they are very strict on the amount of photographers on the field for the Super Bowl. Uh, regular season and playoff games, they're a little bit more lenient. But I was from upstairs, and I was roving uh, the uh, the stadium. And actually, I ran into John a couple of times. And um, I, I, frankly, I prefer shooting from up high anyway because um, – you get less of a distraction, and, and a lot of times you can get even more clear of a photo with less uh, goings-on in the background. And that goes for the baseball, too. I, I, I'm so sorry that they took away the the risers. If you remember, there used to be risers on the first base and third base line uh, at Dodger Stadium, and they took those away a couple of years ago. But I used to love shooting from up there. So that's where I, I shot from my pie for with the And by the way, that was my 10th Super Bowl. That's awesome. So, uh, well, we yeah, hope to yeah, see you yeah. at Dodger Stadium soon, Kevin. 
Great to hear your voice, yeah. and uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll see you at a LA sporting event soon, and uh, I'll see yeah. you at Dodger yeah. Stadium yeah. soon. Great to hear your voice. Okay. Yeah. All right, Dave. Good to hear you, buddy. I miss you. Miss you too, Kevin. Kevin Reese, one of the best photographers in Los Angeles, but like I said, always number two behind my guy, John Suhu, who found a way to get into a helicopter for today's parade. Yes, Dodger team photographer John Suhu was in a helicopter taking overhead shots during the during the parade today, and you can find him on Instagram. So he does all his great work up there, and John Suhu, the man. Kevin Reese, also the man. All these photographers, unsung heroes that you, know, you use as screensavers, you text to your friends, you post on Twitter. Those are the guys behind the lens. Let's go out to Manny in L.A. Were you out at the parade, Manny? You're L.A.'s voice. Were you out there? Hey, Dave, good evening. Uh, oh, different I Manny. I apologize. I thought you were Manny and Gardena. I apologize, oh, no, Manny. Manny downtown. Hey, right. no worries, Dave. I'm, I'm a regular caller here. But downtown yeah, Manny. Uh, That's Rams. your nickname, Downtown Manny. That's right, downtown. And uh, speaking of downtown, I was at the uh, L.A. Rams parade, and what a what a celebration just to see those guys work their butts off. You know, the Rams catch a lot of flack not being a uh, L.A. team, you know, in terms of, like, the town. It's, you know, they say it's a Raiders town. But today was um, a huge thing for the for the team and the organization and the city. Um, solidified it, like, who they were. And um, just the players looked amazing. You know, Matthew Stafford, you know, a little tipsy up there on the stage. But that's what it's about when you're celebrating, like, you know, the first L.A. title for the Rams. It was, uh, it was great to see all the people out there. The police were great out there. And uh, I, I didn't get a catch to see you, Vasse. I heard you were out there, right? I was out there. I was uh, walking with the buses on Figueroa. I missed you too. I mean, there wasn't too many people, so maybe we should have uh, been looking for each other a little bit more closely. I know, definitely. I'm going to have to clean my uh, contact lenses when I get back home. Hey, Manny, be real yeah. though. Manny, it was a great day, a great celebration, but you've lived here. You know what a L.A. parade looks like. That was a short route, smart move, short route. Yep. It was basically around the grassy knoll down there in downtown L.A. That's the route. Mm -hmm. And you have to admit, the passion for the Rams is not as great as uh, as you would like it to be. Let's be honest. Right. Uh, and that's the thing. Potentially, this, is, this will cause fans who are kind of borderline, you know, not knowing who to go with. This this is the mark that the Rams needed as an organization, and not only that, they won the Super Bowl in L.A. So it, this is a big thing for the Rams. But there's nothing like a Lakers victory parade. That thing is still from 2001, 2000. That was the best parade I've ever been to. I think there was over two million people on the streets. So, uh, but yeah. Then again, shout out to the Rams. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm such a proud fan today. And what's going on with these Dodgers? We got to get Freddie Freeman, man. There's no doubt about it. Spend the money, get the guy in. Yeah, the Dodgers have not been shy about spending money like the Rams have not been shy about spending money. So I don't believe that would be a, a something that would stop them. But the Bauer situation really makes this interesting on how they will view their payroll if they have to pay him 30 to $40 million to not pitch for them. Yeah, the Bauer situation is interesting. And you know what? Um, we'll have to wait and see what Manfred decides to do and knowing this guy. I'm holding my breath. You know, I just want the best for this team, whether they have Bauer or not. But we'll see. Hey, Manny, Manny, let's face it: the Dodgers need starting pitching. They, I would say, starting pitching is maybe as equally as important of a need as getting a left-handed power bat like Freddie Freeman. Their rotation 
right now is not very deep. I agree, especially with Dustin May coming off that huge elbow injury. You know, they're going to be looking forget for him. someone like a Bauer. Yeah, forget him. I mean, Bauer Bauer may very well pitch for the Dodgers. I wouldn't say that it's likely, but he very well may pitch for the Dodgers. And they kind of need starting pitching. So I, I just don't I just don't see that happening. If we're only looking at it through the lens of uh, what you do on the field, that's one thing. But obviously, that's not reality. Thanks for the phone call, Manny. Appreciate it. Downtown Manny. Never will mistaken him for Manny and Gardena again. The voice of Los Angeles. 866-987-2570. When we come back here on Dodger Talk, we will hear from Dodger reliever Caleb Ferguson. Don't go anywhere. We're with you until 8 o'clock on AM570 LA Sports. Lockout be damned. This is off-season Dodger Talk. Here's David Vasse. Welcome back to Dodger Talk. We will get back to your phone calls in just a minute. I know a lot of people want to talk about the Rams parade, whether or not the Dodgers and Lakers should have been on the floats. I will maintain that this was the Rams day, and it was a thinner day than it would have been for the Dodgers or Lakers, but it was their day. So we'll get back to that in a moment. But right now, we are joined by one of my favorite Dodgers and the reason why I invited him on the show is because I'm sure many of you Dodger fans have forgotten about one of the key pieces of the Dodger bullpen, not only two years ago, but more importantly, coming up here in 2022. He's newly married, seems to be going around the team again, and that is the one and only Caleb Ferguson. Caleb, thanks a lot for the time. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, Dave. Uh, Happy to finally talk to some of you guys again. I know. I didn't forget you, Ferg. I knew how valuable you were. <laughs> I, I remember how good you were going before Tommy John's <clears throat> surgery. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely easy to forget. Um, so, but yeah, we'll be ready to go. I'm feeling good. Um, got a bunch of bullpens under my belt. So, going to start facing some live hitters here soon and see where it goes. This is the second time that you've had Tommy John surgery. You had it while you were in high school. So what was the process like this time? Did you feel like uh, maybe your head space was in a better spot because you knew what it would take to come back? Yeah. um, I don't really remember a ton about my first one just because it was so long ago. And I just, I guess I didn't even realize like how severe of a surgery it was and how like important it was. Um, but I think with this one, I was just more mature, kind of knew what to expect, knew that time was on my side and I wasn't trying to rush through anything, uh, like I was when I was younger and didn't really realize it all, I guess. Uh, but smoother process too. I mean, we have, I have more resources now to go to and people to help me, but, uh, definitely, uh, a lot different than the first one. What about this lockout? You're not allowed to be in contact with any Dodger trainers or be at their facility. Uh, are you fortunate that you're towards the end of this process, or where is it at with all with not being able to be in contact with the team? Yeah, so that part does suck 
being a rehab guy, working with the PT all summer long through the team and doing all that, and then not being able to talk to our medical team at all, uh, the people that lead this whole thing, and just kind of being left left in the, I don't know, in the wood or in the dry on that or whatever. But that's definitely uh, part of this lockout. That sucks because we have to use a middleman for everything. So can't pick up the phone and call our head trainer about what's going on or, or any of that, which really sucks, but it is what it is. Um, so we got to use our middleman. So each time you get put on rehab or whatever, you come back to your home state, you get set up with a PT uh, back here at home, and uh, you you still do your PT work. It's just uh, with somebody else, and that's kind of who we have to go through. So I have to tell him. He has to email the team. The team has to email him. So a lot more steps to it than just picking up the phone, but it's part of the lockout, I guess. Caleb Ferguson is our guest. He is going to be ready whenever 2022 begins and be a part of this very deep Dodger bullpen. You and Tommy Canely are two pitchers the Dodgers are looking at that are coming off Tommy John surgery. Did you have a chance to interact with Canely last year as you both were coming back from this injury? Yeah, uh, what a guy. Tommy's a... uh... Interesting cat. He's going to be a lot of fun around LA. Uh, <laughs> the fans are definitely going to love the energy that that he brings every day. Uh, still talk to him probably weekly. Play video games together and just keep up. He, they just had their first daughter. Um, so, but yeah, Tommy's a good dude. Interacted with him a lot. Uh, he's going to be really good for us. So uh, you made that very interesting as far as his personality goes. Is Tommy Canely on the Joe Kelly spectrum, or is it a different type of funny? Uh, a little bit of both, but he's got some Joe Kelly in him, that's for sure. I mean, nobody's nobody's Joe Kelly, right? You can't – there can't be two Joe Kellys in this world, no way. Uh, <laughs> I agree. But, yeah – but uh, Tommy's got some Joe in him for sure. He's got a lot of fight to him, and he's not afraid to show it. Ferg, did you guys talk about it, or maybe it was unspoken, knowing that the Dodgers are eyeing 2022 for both of you guys to have a big impact on this bullpen? That's got to be some sort of motivation for you. Yeah, for sure. It's nice knowing um, you know that the team still, I guess, remembers me or, uh, you know, Something like that, but <laughs> I think they remember your name. Be, uh, yeah. Do you need be, me to reintroduce to you have... to Andrew Friedman? Do you need no, me to no. reintroduce you? No, I talked to Andrew actually before this whole lockout. <laughs> thing, so he remembered who I was. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. Um, no, it'll be good, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm definitely excited to get back out there. As far as this lockout goes, we all want baseball back. You should be out there at Camelback Ranch, but. Is there a blessing in disguise where it buys you more time to be fully functional for whenever this season begins? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the lockout thing definitely sucks. Um, I'm very excited to get back and pitch again. It's been a long time, and I definitely miss it. Definitely wish we were playing, but I get what we're doing here. Um, but the lockout definitely saves me a little bit, and more time is definitely on my side right now. So. Caleb Ferguson is our guest. Caleb, as far as the lockout goes, how do you feel about some of these uh, bigger-name players that are on the committee for the union really fighting for younger players and 
You're a guy that has made the minimum salary. They're trying to boost that. They're trying to limit amount of times players can be optioned. I mean, that's got to feel good that the top 1% is caring about the rest of the 69%. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, having those guys who went through all of this stuff, um, a lot of them were at this last CBA negotiation, all, everything that goes into it. Um, so it's good to have their voices and guys that uh, care about the younger guys in the game. Um, you know, and I, the biggest point I was really happy to see come up was uh, the number of times you can option a guy in a year as a young bullpen guy that's that's kind of your life for the first couple of years of the league. And to see him bring something up like that uh, was definitely nice. How much would it help relief pitchers, younger players, to limit the number of times that they can be optioned during a season? Oh, big time, man, because you kind of can get an idea of where you're going to be at. Um, you know, being comfortable is a big part of pitching. So the more comfortable you can be, the better off you're going to be. And when you play the up-down stuff, and it's part of the game, uh, but when you play that, it makes it harder to get comfortable. So, Yeah, no doubt. Makes sense. Caleb Ferguson is our guest. All right, Caleb, you're back in Ohio right now. When are you making your move west uh, to uh, Arizona? And uh, did you catch uh, – some of my clips on social media being out at the Rams parade. Did you feel like I handled myself well? <laughs> yeah, I caught the one of you trying to interview Cooper Cup, uh, <laughs> and he looked like he didn't want any part of your interview. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I'm used to that with you guys, so I know how to handle that. <laughs> yeah, 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 you handled it well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been following it. It looked like a good time. Um, but I. I'm holding. I'm going to stay optimistic on the March 1st date and hope for the best and uh, try to be out there around that time. All right. Sounds good. Can't wait to see you out there at Camelback Ranch. And honestly, it was a great excuse to hear your voice because I know you uh, are looking forward to this season and you were such a big part of the Dodgers bullpen before you got hurt. So uh, this is the, uh, the comeback, the comeback season for Caleb Ferguson. Yeah, that's right. All right. Thanks a lot for the time. Appreciate it. All right, Dave. There he goes. Caleb Ferguson out there in Columbus, Ohio. Got married this offseason, is getting healthier by the day. So that was an encouraging uh, interview with Caleb Ferguson that he'll be ready to go shortly after they start this thing up, whenever that is. And in the case of a Caleb Ferguson or a Dustin May, I'm sure it's a double-edged sword here uh, because you want the season to start. You want whatever the players' union is fighting for to get accomplished. But on the other hand, this buys you some time to get ready for the season. So, uh, Kayla Ferguson, don't forget him. He's going to be a big part of the Dodger bullpen, as is the former Yankee Tommy Canely, who Andrew Friedman signed last offseason, eyeing this year for Canely to be recovered from Tommy John's surgery. So the Dodger bullpen is uh, very deep as it stands right now. Bruce Star Gratterall, Blake Trinan, you're going to add uh, Ferguson and Canely. Who knows who else? They did sign Daniel Hudson for $8 million before the lockout. So there's some more depth, um, just insurance, I guess, in some ways, in case Kenley Jansen doesn't return. So the Dodger bullpen uh, looks pretty good, but certainly – Losing the all-time saves leader in your franchise's history, uh, I would not call that a good thing, 
but uh, the Dodgers do have some depth to absorb it, and obviously there's still plenty of free agents out there to add to your bullpen or make a trade to try to uh, bolster this pitching staff that the rotation is very thin, very thin right now. Julio Urias, Walker Bueller, Andrew Haney, Tony Gonsolin. Those are your starting four Dodgers starting pitchers as it stands right now on February 16th, 2022. Look, I'm on the record and I'm still very confident Clayton Kershaw will return to the Dodgers. Uh, How healthy will he be? I don't know. I know talking to people around him that it is moving in the right direction as far as the health of his arm. So that's a good sign, but is it realistic to expect that he's going to make it through the entire year? I mean, you would like to believe that, but chances are he's going to miss some time and he might not be ready to start the season. You don't know that. So that's why the Trevor Bauer situation becomes more intriguing with the need of starting pitching. And if he's only going to be suspended a limited number of games, I'm sure he's going to appeal it. Can you see Trevor Bauer in spring training? Because the suspension doesn't even start until opening day. So even if Trevor Bauer doesn't, let's say he doesn't appeal his suspension, he will be in spring training with the Dodgers if they don't cut him. How's that going to go over? Do you think it's not going to be awkward? It will be awkward. Not not only for you know everything that took place over the past five and a half months or six months, but the fact is his decisions put his team in a very precarious position during the season. Don't you think they could have used him in the NLCS? Don't you think they could have used him in the World Series? And look, <laughs> that's not even going into what he admitted he did behind closed doors, not what he was accused of, but some of the things that he admitted to doing are Dodger players and staff comfortable with that. I don't know. I don't know if you can overlook all that just because he's a really good starting pitcher, but we'll have to wait and see if Rob Manfred does move ahead and uh, suspend him and what the Dodgers do as far as their rotation and Trevor Bauer and how that affects their pursuit of Freddie Freeman. Now, one other thing before we say goodnight, I got to hit on this. Juan Soto, the childish Bambino who was at Dodger Stadium for the wild card game wearing a Nationals uh, Trey Turner jersey and was very, very happy with the attention he got sitting behind home plate for that game. He is a free agent after the 2024 season, and our guy Enrique Rojas of ESPN reported today with quotes from Soto that Juan Soto turned down a 13-year, $350 million contract extension from the Washington Nationals. I'll put it to you this way. The Dodgers right now only have two players signed in 2025 that's Mookie Betts and Chris Taylor for a whopping combined 40 million dollars Juan Soto a free agent in 2025 don't forget that and don't think for a second he does not want to be in LA or New York I could see a New York LA 
both New Yorks now, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, all going after Juan Soto when he hits the free agent market. Did I mention his his agent is Scott Boris? Did I did I forget to mention that? Yeah, his agent Scott Boris, and we all know Scott is not taking below market value extensions. He's hitting the streets of free agency with Juan Soto in 2025, and he is very well aware of the Mets, the Yankees, the Dodgers being perfect fits for Juan Soto and the great player that he is, and also with that great smile and personality to be, in my opinion, if he goes to a big market, a transcendent superstar, maybe the transcendent superstar baseball is looking for. Love it. Before we say goodnight, Isabel, I want to say goodnight to you before we end the show. Thanks for holding on. Oh, oh you're welcome. Just a real quick thing. I really don't want to have back, but we have him back, whatever. So I just want this lockout to be done. I'm already sick and tired of it already, if you want the truth. So, but we'll talk later. So anyway, go around and have a round one. So anyway, so nice talking to you, David. Okay, Izzy, thanks so much. That'll do it for us tonight. Good way to walk it off with Isabel in Anaheim. In case you missed our interview with Caleb Ferguson or what Chipper Jones had to say about Freddie Freeman's free agency, you can find that on the iHeartRadio app or at am570lasports.com. If you want to see our one-on-one interviews with Sean McVay, Von Miller, Cooper Cup, they're all up there on the AM570LA Sports Twitter, on my Instagram at OfficiallyVasse, at my Twitter at the real. DV underscore DV Ronnie Fascio's on Twitter so we're all over multimedia show here multimedia platform on the iHeart Media mothership we'll be back with you Friday night at 7 o'clock have a great night see ya When you want Dodgers, the only home is AM570 LA Sports. Class A truck drivers, are you ready for a new ride? Learn about open driver jobs with an Amazon freight partner near you. We're reinventing the CDL driver experience through a community of exclusive carriers. Working for an Amazon